Hey, we've been working on something for the last six months here at Future Commerce called 9 by 9 It is the most ambitious market research report that we have ever done. We've brought together 14 of the best and brightest people from around our e-commerce ecosystem to weigh in on what brands are making a difference in our world. This is not another list. This is an in-depth research report with the smartest people that you know, people like Emily Singer, Sucharita Kadali, Sari Azut, Austin Reitman from Climate Neutral, Sandra Capone from Good On You, Kiri Masters, Neela Ali from BuzzFeed, and many, many more. People that you know and trust and people whose voices matter when it comes to defining what makes a brand meaningful. If you want to know what makes a meaningful brand and how brands are shaping our world, the report comes out at the end of this month, and you can get it at futurecommerce.fm slash 9 by 9 That's futurecommerce.fm slash N-I-N-E-B-Y. N-I-N-E. Future Commerce is brought to you by Vertex. Vertex Cloud is for businesses of all sizes, from small and medium-sized businesses all the way to enterprise. You can find out how Vertex can help your business by visiting them online at vertexcloud.com slash futurecommerce. Future Commerce is brought to you by Relay. Relay is the app that gives customers confidence to come back and buy from your store again and again. Find out what Relay is all about at relaycloud.io slash futurecommerce. Future Commerce is brought to you by Gladly. What if customer service could feel like a conversation between friends? Well, Gladly is a radically personal customer service platform that puts people, yes, people, at the center of a single lifelong conversation. By enabling B2C companies to focus on people talking to people, Gladly powers a lifetime of conversations across every channel, from phone, email, text, chat, and social media. See what a truly customer-centered platform looks like today at gladly.com slash futurecommerce. Hello, and welcome to Future Commerce, the podcast about cutting edge, next generation, and COVID-related commerce. I'm your host, Brian. I have a super exciting guest here with me today on the show, the founder of Any Swim, Melanie Travis. Welcome, Melanie. Hi, Brian. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to have you. Uh, I got to meet you back at Ita East, or Ita West, I should say, uh, in February uh, in Palm Springs. And I so enjoyed my conversation with you there. I, I couldn't wait to get you on the show and introduce you to our listeners. Um, so thank you so much for for joining us. Uh, tell me tell me a little bit uh, about Andy Swim. Like, how did you get started? What What's your background? How did you get into it? Uh, just give me the story. Yeah, sure. So Andy Swim is a global e-commerce swimwear brand for women. We launched in April 2017. So we actually just celebrated our third birthday. Um, so uh, we're, we're fairly young, but we've had you know a great growth over the years. Um, before I get into that, uh, my background real quick, so you know who you're speaking with. Um, my background is really uh, sort of entrenched in the venture-backed uh, D2C world of New York City. I started my career at Foursquare. 
And then I moved over to uh, work at Kickstarter, the crowdfunding platform. After Kickstarter, I went to Bark, which is best known for BarkBox, the monthly box of toys and treats. Um, yes. And for, yep, yep. Uh, fellow dog parent. I'm sure you uh, get the joke oh, yes. that they bring. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, had a great time at all three of those companies. Learned a lot about, you know, raising capital, building communities, um, you know, getting uh, like getting experiences that are digital into the sort of physical world, whether through products or experiences or, or, or creative projects. Um, just, just really learned a lot and decided, you know, along the way, I'd really like, I'd really like to build a business myself. I think I kind mm. of understand the fundamentals involved. And, um, and so for the last, you know, year or so that I was at Bark, um, I was also sort of, you know, nights and weekends thinking about a category that would make sense. And, um, I, you know, swimwear is something that for women listening can, you know, can certainly relate is it's a, it's a really frustrating, um, item to shop for, uh, wearing a swimsuit is the most naked a woman will ever be in public. So it's a garment that is probably the most psychologically fraught in the shopping experience. Um, and it's, it's an industry largely, you know, dominated by men, and I just felt like, uh, and, and then, oh, a couple of important things on the e-com side, right? A swimsuit is lightweight, it's high margin, it's easy to ship. Um, mm. and, and as you said before, it's a, it's a visual, it's a very visual thing. When you're wearing a swimsuit, you're having fun, you're at the beach, you're at the pool. Obviously, this has repercussions during COVID time, which we can get to later. Um, but overall, I felt that, that the swim category had a lot of tailwinds going for it that were, you know, that were good. And, and so... So at the end of 2016, I, I left Bark and, and embarked on this uh, journey to try to build a digitally native swimwear brand. And, you know, three and some three years and some months later, here we are. We've raised about $10 million where we do, you know, well north of uh, uh, we do we do double digit millions in revenue, though um, I don't disclose actual revenue numbers, we have 14 employees. Uh, so I would say so far, so good. Wow, that's incredible! What a story, and I I think it's incredible that the industry you're jumping into and sort of disrupting, like the direct to consumer swimwear world, is, is is I think you're right. Like there's a lot of opportunity there. Um, talk to me a little bit more about the strategy that you employed to to launch the brand. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so we. When we first launched, you know, my background at all the companies that I've worked for has been in, um, you know, brand storytelling and customer acquisition. So I'm very familiar with the sort of digital ad landscape um, and what that looks like. And so when I first launched Andy, we we bootstrapped it at the very beginning because, you know, ultimately the entrepreneur is going to be the biggest investor, maybe not in cash, but certainly in terms of like our putting our life into it. Um, and so I wanted to make sure that it could have legs and that it was something that could scale digitally. So very early I ran, um, you know, lead generation ads on Facebook. Um, I ran different types of ads across Facebook and Instagram, low budget, but just to see what click through rates, um, engagement, just some, just some very sort of elementary metrics would look like to know if this was something that could have legs. Um, so, so, uh, you know, a little bit of ad spend and then PR was also a, a core strategy at launch because when you're launching a fashion brand, you need to legitimize yourself. Otherwise no one will you know, people want to make sure that they, they want to understand who they're buying from. So, right. um, so a little bit of PR, a little bit of digital ad spend. And, and that was, that was basically it. I mean, I, I made 400 swimsuits to start and I didn't know if it would take three weeks or three years to sell those 400 swimsuits. Nice. Yeah, no, that's, I, that's a great, like sort of 
like scrappy approach. And, and like, I think that that's, that's been actually the story of a lot of, um, founders these days, like not knowing, taking a risk and not knowing what's going to happen and just kind of sort of stepping into it and seeing if there was a, a market for it. Um, what a really yeah. smart approach. Now you mentioned something and, um, obviously we're in a, an unprecedented time, uh, and, uh, you are in a, a highly social industry, um, like going to the beach is a, it's a, it's a social event. It's, it's a, an event you want to do with other people. Typically it's, you know, it's, it's fun. It's, it's, um, and it's a summer event. So, um, we're coming right into swimwear season right now. Um, how have you been adjusting to COVID? What's, what have you seen so far how, and how are you personally handling it too? Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're sitting at what, like nine weeks or so since this whole thing began. And, um, it, it has changed rapidly week over week. Um, the beginning, so let's let's call the beginning mid March. At least that was the beginning for for Andy. Um, very quickly, revenue fell off a cliff. Um, you know, demand just went basically mm. completely south. Um, and I think I think that's due to a lot of initial panic. Right, people are entering lockdown around the country. This is like an unprecedented event. Um, if anyone's buying anything, it's you know toilet paper and hand sanitizer. It's certainly not a swimsuit for their you know summer. Um, right. So so initially it was it was such a shock, and I, I personally panicked a lot. I thought, oh my god, here we are. We've been building this company over three years. It's this unbelievable success story, and now it's all about to be taken away from us. Um, so I, yeah, I was I was depressed. I was anxious. I was worried. Um, but but also that that didn't mean inaction. Um, it meant you know, time to, time to put on the, the crisis hat and, and try to figure this out and see if there's a way to get through it. And so, um, we did things, we, I mean, the whole company went remote obviously, and we started daily zoom calls in the morning, um, where every day we would look at what happened the previous day and what could we do today to do better, whether that means, um, sending more emails and text messages or changing up all of our messaging or, you know, going through the backlog archive of our images and finding images that might resonate more at a time like this. Um, just, just shifting everything day by day. And I've been in marketing for years. Years at uh, D2C companies, and I've never done marketing like this before, where it, mm. all of our fully baked plans flew out the window, and we literally were taking it day by day. Um, that uh, that that was that started to work. We started to see by by really thinking fast on our feet and being scrappy and humble, we started to see real positive change. We we cut a lot of our marketing spend, um, and we started to see revenue creep back and our CPAs creep down um, in, a, in a good way. And so um, decided to keep going with this day-by-day -day strategy for now. And I would say around mid-April, so about a month into it, we started to see consumer demand come back in a really big way. Um, I think mm. once once women had been sort of shelter in place for about a month, um, even though they were still in lockdown, people got more comfortable with the situation. And I think they started realizing like, okay, this is not going to last forever. And, um, started, maybe it's therapy shopping. We all know that shopping, you know, <laughs> like makes you feel good. Um, and, uh, and so we, so we started seeing consumer demand come back. We mixed in some promotional activity. I think, um, you know, I've, I, I speak with a lot of CEOs and we all kind of agree that we're basically living in an extended Black Friday period right now where right. consumers are just expecting promotions. Everyone's doing it. Um, 
And also there won't, I believe there will not be any long-term adverse effects to promoting, uh, to, to discounting right now. Um, right. Frankly, everyone's doing it. Um, so, 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 uh, sort of mid-April, we started to see things come back, um, but obviously coupled with promotional activity where you take a hit on your margins. But then again, a lot of brands pulled out of advertising on social media. So we were seeing, you know, CPMs and CPCs go down. Um, so, so it wasn't all margin dilutive. Um, and then, and then now we're mid-May. So we're about a month after that. And I would say over the last two weeks, uh, consumer demand has come truly roaring back. Um, the, the country is heating wow. up. Um, there's not much people can do, but if you have a backyard, you don't even need a pool. If you have a backyard, a roof, a mm. window, you can throw on a swimsuit and sunbathe. And I think people are craving that. And, uh, frankly, we're, we're at pre COVID levels at this point. Um, and wow. I'm unbelievably shocked to say it as I say it, uh, it's not something, you know, two months ago, literally two months ago when this began, I, I thought it was gonna be the end of Andy. And now we're in some ways doing better than we've ever done. Um, which, which is shocking. Um, apparel in general is obviously way down during COVID. But I think the last point I'll make on this is that um, we all know that, you know, what's happening now is speeding up e-commerce penetration, which for apparel was about 30% uh, pre-COVID. And and now I think is, I mean, it's like rapidly increasing. But swimwear, interestingly enough, has always lagged behind apparel in e-commerce penetration rates. About 11% of swimwear purchases were made online. So almost 90% were done in store. So even if there is some amount of softer demand for swim, when you go from 11% online to 100% of the remaining demand online, for a brand like Andy, you're just going to be up. Yeah, actually, that's, that's one of the things I wanted to ask you. Like, obviously, you made a pretty specific decision to, to go direct to consumer um, cool. with Andy. Uh, and you... You've largely focused on um, you. You're a hundred percent online. We are a hundred percent online. Yes, and I'm very thankful for that right now. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so funny. Like going into COVID, there was like a huge backlash against. I feel like there was like this, like you know, with the news about outdoor voices and like, um, you know, just, uh, just uh, I think a lot of media kind of found found an opportunity to sort of criticize direct to consumer brands and DNVBs, digitally native vertical brands. Um and I feel like even going into COVID, I saw some articles out there that were like, oh, this is the end of the end of the D2C yeah. era, blah, blah, blah. Like, uh, how do you feel like being a, a you know a digitally native brand helped you in this period or or didn't help you? It sounds like it did help you, but how how do you feel like your strategy has played out during this period? Yeah, I think what you said is exactly right. A lot of people were sort of poo-pooing e-com and D2C brands pre-COVID. And now suddenly we're like the sexy ones again. And everyone wants, you know, exposure to e-com um, if they didn't before. And uh, and so there's been, I think there's been just a full 180 shift in in the, you know, at least like investor and, and broader community perception of e-com because we're thriving. I mean, all of our retail um, uh friends, competitors, you know, whatever, who, who are, who are not D to C or who are, you know, who are not, um, maybe much in e-com or if it was, you know, a small percent of their business, they're all, their doors are closed. Um, and, and those of us that are, that are, that are, you know, fully e-com we're, uh, we're open 24 seven. We haven't had a single bit of disruption. And I think, you know, what this has shown us more than ever before is, 
you just really never know what's around the corner. And, um, and, and being online has tremendous, tremendous advantages that were probably discounted pre COVID. So, um, you know, in terms of my personal sort of strategy and thinking around it, I'd been really keen to diversify our revenue. And in fact, we were going to open uh, our first store in Chicago, um, wow. we were in the middle of finishing the lease. Uh, we were going to take over the store on April 1st. And, oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. Thankfully we were able to get out of it, but, um, you know, if we had done that, that would have been a disaster for us. Uh, and so, you know, my, 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 my sort of vision or plan had been to be in physical retail, um, to make that a growing part of the business over the next few years. Um, and now I would say at least for the short to medium term, there will be no such diversification uh, yeah. into the online. Um, I mean, I don't think this is going to be true forever and always, but but definitely feeling thankful that we um, hadn't diversified earlier, that we were able to, you know, d- do this. Yeah, totally. You know, I think I think that's good. Good point. And also, I think it's interesting um, because everyone has to shop online right now. Uh, it, I feel like there's a lot more product discovery going on online as well. It's like, okay, now I have to go find, you know, whatever it is online. And so you start to go look and you may, it's, I feel like there's more opportunity for people to sort of naturally bump into Andy Swim. Talk to me a little bit about your, your marketing strategy. You know, uh, right now, are you um, increasing spends or are you decreasing spends? Uh, are you, you know, have you, I think you mentioned you changed your messaging. Like how, how has this affected your, your like general marketing strategies? Yeah. Um, I would say spend. So in the beginning we, we obviously decreased spend, but now we're back, but we've just, we have diversified the channels that we're in and the way that we message about it. Um, we used to lean into what I would call sort of chest pumping marketing messages. Like, you know, this is the greatest swimsuit in the world. It's sold out 15 times. We have a 10,000 person wait list for it, things like that. Um, and now it's more, it's much more community centric, uh, mm. messaging and, and things like, you know, we're, we're in this together. We're much more transparent. Um, we talk about the team more than we ever did. So instead of just highlighting a single product, we talk about like, look, I'm out there more. I'm Melanie. I I founded this company because, you know, I've always struggled to find a swimsuit and this is my team. And this, you know, that we work at, you know, in a little office in the heart of the garment district. And, um, we're leaning, we're being much more transparent in the way that we're marketing Andy. Um, and, and that is what's resonating. We are finding that that's what's resonating most with uh, consumers these days. Um, and so, so that's what we're doing. And, and, you know, we used to be much heavier in paid social and things like Facebook and Instagram. Um, and now we're doing more email. We're doing more SMS marketing. Um, we're, mm. we, just, we just got a TikTok account. We're starting to message around. Nice. <laughs> so, so things like that. Are you coming up with an Andy dance? Oh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we, we, for, well, for, you know, the, I'm sure we'll get into this, but for product launches, we, we launched some new colors uh, back at the end of March or early April. And our creative director was like, let's all learn a, a, a viral TikTok dance. Put on yes, the- you are. That's amazing. Spliced it together. <laughs> so we literally all learned a TikTok dance and then she spliced it together. And there's this incredible video floating around of everyone on my team. Yeah, doing a dance. Yes, that's the best. Oh, I like I I love that that, that my question was just and then it turned out to be like real. That's amazing. I, yeah. <laughs> I love that so much. Uh the the uh 
Oh man. So yeah, talk to me a little bit, uh, a little bit about the, the product launch too. You, so you, I saw you just launched a maternity line, which is amazing by the way. Um, I, I have kids, my wife, it is something that, you know, it was really hard to find a good maternity um, swimwear piece. And so it, she, yeah. I think she would have been really appreciative of this um, back when we were yeah. having kids. Uh, talk to me a little bit about launching a product during COVID, uh, especially something as like um, unique and like, uh, you know, as important as a maternity line. Yeah. So we have been working on this maternity line for a very long time. You know, we've looked at our demographics, studied our customers, listened to their feedback. And what we have been hearing loud and clear and also seeing in the data is that moms are a huge percent of our customer base, um, young moms and expecting moms. Um, and so it was it was natural that we would go into maternity. Um, and so we did a lot of fit studies with women um, in different stages of their pregnancy and to land on what, you know, what really would make the most sense. What were they looking for? What were they not finding elsewhere? Um, and that's how we determined the, the, what the line would consist of. We are rolling it out slowly. So I think we have two, two styles that we've launched in maternity right now. Um, and, and the feedback is we just launched, but the feedback has been really strong uh, already. So I'm really excited about that. And I think in general, um, you know, for launching a product in COVID, it's, uh, it's different. It's different. You know, typically this time of year when we're, you know, getting our spring launches ready, I would be in the Bahamas or in Mexico or at some tropical destination with, you know, a group of models and photographers and digital assistants and all of that. And, um, we obviously couldn't do that this time. And so our creative director sent the suits to everyone on the team. We also launched some new styles in non-maternity. So sent them to everyone on the team. And then we, we all have friends or family that are pregnant. Um, and, uh, when you have a group of 14, you know, late 20, early 30 somethings working, you tend to have you know, a number of pregnant friends among the group. Um, and so we sent the, the styles to our friends and we all just shot on iPhones in our homes, the entire, what? The entire line. Um, and actually wow. it's really interesting because our, our creative director would FaceTime every person while we were shooting and uh, she would be on FaceTime and one person would have an iPhone shooting and then she would be on FaceTime looking into that iPhone so she could see the framing and she would say, you know, tilt up or a little to the left or, oh, you're facing the sun, you need to face away. And she literally remotely directed the entire shoot for all of the new products, uh, maternity and non-maternity. Um, so it was, it was really something we just launched all of that yesterday. So it's brand new. And, um, I thank you. I would say it's too soon to say, uh, you know, how consumers are react. Initial response has been like, awesome. People are super happy to see the team. Um, we'll see how that converts to sales or not. Um, but it was definitely a unique way of launching product. Future Commerce is brought to you by Vertex. Vertex Cloud is the automation platform for tax calculation and use tax and everything in between for businesses of all sizes. From SMB all the way to enterprise, businesses all over the world trust Vertex for their tax calculation needs, and you should too. Check them out today at vertexcloud.com slash futurecommerce. Real quick, pop quiz. What do 92% of consumers agree on? Uh, I've probably left you hanging. 92% of consumers say that they'll buy again from a brand that offers easy returns. So why don't you just give them what they want? 
You can make your customer service team's jobs so much easier by offering free and easy returns. And the best way to do that is with Relay Cloud. Relay is trusted by brands like Catbird and has integration partners with Magento, BigCommerce, Shopify, Salesforce, UPS, USPS, FedEx, you name it. You can set the rules for SKUs, price, and other variables, and custom emails and triggers, everything that you need to identify patterns for fraud and shrink. It's all at your fingertips with Relay Cloud. It's super easy to get started, and they're offering Future Commerce listeners a 90-day free trial and 50% off. So what do you have to lose? Get on the good side of 92% of consumers and sign up for Relay today. Check it out at RelayCloud.io slash FutureCommerce. Gladly is a radically personal customer service platform. Gladly gives customer service teams the ability to treat their customers like people. From knowing their last purchase, their dress size, or even their child's upcoming birthday, all before ever saying hello. Built for the way that people communicate today, a customer and their history are never parted within Gladly. And all conversations across all channels are all contained under a single conversation thread to give agents, the real heroes here, the tools that they need to deliver exceptional customer service experiences. Gladly works with some of the most innovative brands in the world, helping them to deliver a more powerful and more personal experience for their customers. Some of those customers are JetBlue, Toomey, Joanne, Godiva, and Native Shoes, and maybe even you. Don't wait. Find out today what a radically personal customer service platform is all about. Visit gladly.com slash futurecommerce to learn more. This just, to me, like, it opens up a whole new world for for content generation and product development. Because if you can direct a photo shoot over, yeah. over you know, the internet, mm. over Zoom or whatever, you know, platform you're using, and this changes the game. I, I've never, you know, seen something, you know, sort of at this, at this level, um, uh, uh, are you going to, so let's say things get back to normal, uh, and we are all able to get back to, uh, mm. you know, doing product launches and shoots and, yeah. you know, creating content in person. Are you going to leverage some of the things you've learned from launching this product now? Uh, and, and like maybe even employ some of these strategies in the future? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think, I think we're learning a lot right now about um, you know, about community and about what, you know, what happens when you can't do status quo. And I think, I think there's a lot of lessons we're going to take from this, um, into the future about being more transparent, more inclusive, more community driven. Um, and, uh, I think that that's definitely a silver lining, learning all those things, which, you know, not only is it less expensive, um, but it, it, I think it could be better for the brand overall. Um, so, so absolutely. I mean, I, I don't know that we'll do, you know, FaceTime remote <laughs> forever and always. Um, but, but to know that that's open to us and, and it's also, you know, as the founder and CEO, it's been really heartwarming, um, and, and, and touching to see all of the employees uh, of the company step up with enthusiasm to do this, putting on mm. a suit to be photographed, to go on the website and in Facebook ads 
that's not that's not necessarily what people were signing up for when they came to work at Andy. You know, we all wanted to make great swimwear that fits really well to serve women, but that's not the same thing as, you know, taking a selfie in a swimsuit and putting it on the front page of a website that gets hundreds of thousands of, you know, visitors. Um, and no one batted an eye. Everyone was happy to hop in and, and really, uh, did their best. And, and I, you know, it's been really also remarkable to see the creativity of each individual, even though our creative director was, was directing the shoots, each person brings their own sort of personal flair to it. And, and that's also been like, just so wonderful to see. So there's a lot of sort of personal, um, warmth and love around this. Yeah, actually you just blew my mind because (laughs) one of the things that, you know, we've talked about on the show before is, Leveraging your team in ways that, you know, that you haven't before by allowing them to take part in things that engage their talents in different ways than maybe their, their sort of traditional job role. Um, and, and we've talked about this at like a broader retail level, like employing store associates to do more of the merchandising and giving them freedom and, you know, you know, help uh, investing in tools that allow them to have more time to spend time with customers and employ their knowledge in, in greater ways and employ their creativity and talents and um, sort of like leverage, leverage, you know, and, and, and help well and help them grow, I should say um, into those things yeah. as well. Um, it's this, this idea of like cross training and, you know, and helping employees be successful with the things that they enjoy and, um, I feel like there's a lot of opportunity for that right now, and I know that you, you, you're in particular, and I and I heard your uh, your episode with Joseph Ancinelli on the uh, radically mm-hmm. personal podcast, which was incredible. Um, you Thank have you. a really big focus on customer service. Talk to me a little bit about how you've been able to engage your customers further. Um, you 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 started to get into that, and we kind of. Uh, went down another path of conversation, but talk to me, talk to me a little bit about um, what you've been doing to further engage your customers and how your team has been able to, to, you know, well, (laughs) use all this amazing stuff that they're doing and, and like, and talk to their customers even more. Yeah. Um, so we've done a number of things. Um, I mentioned SMS is a channel that we have been um, exploring more since COVID. And we, um, that, that's been a huge channel for engaging with our customers. Um, we used to send just sort of product-focused messaging on there, like, hey, we just launched this great new style. You, could, you should check it out. And now we do things like, you know, our, our, um, our marketing team put together a playlist, your best, you know, summer playlist. Here it is. And it's just a link to Spotify to listen to music. Nice. No, yeah. And no, no sort of like actionable, you know, shopping, uh, item. Um, and, and we sent a message recently, actually in, I think early April and sort of the depths of uh, everyone's despair. And we were like, Hey, look, we have a team of fit experts in house. Uh, they, they, they love talking about swim, but also literally anything hit reply. And they are like, we're, we're not robots. We are actually on the other end of these text messages. And, um, we sent that out and typically, you know, pre COVID when we sent product focused marketing messages, we would get, I don't know, maybe 30 or so responses to our texts. Um, yeah. we got, I think over 800 replies. Oh my gosh. From that text for, with people just saying like, 
oh my God, so happy to hear there's a human on the other end to nurses saying, you know, I, I'm, I'm in between shifts and this was so nice to receive. They just want to talk to a friendly voice on the other end to, um, you know, parents saying how hard this time has been managing, you know, their kids at home and their jobs and, and all of that. Um, and so that was, I mean, truly heartwarming. Um, I have sent personal emails uh, to our customers just to talk about what I'm doing as the founder right now um, that always, always get you know, a lot of responses and engagement. Um, so it, it really goes back to being just super transparent. And we've never had robots on the other end of anything, but now we're actually saying that like, yeah, if you reply to this email, I will get it. Or if you reply to this text, our fit expert will get it. Um, nothing is, you know, there's no AI bots or anything like that. And um, that has been, it's been the, the reception among our community in those efforts has been just truly remarkable. Um, and we also launched uh, uh, fit, what we call fit consultations. So you can schedule a time to speak with one of our fit experts and uh, you can tell us what you love or don't love about your body, uh, what you like to show off, what you don't like in a swimsuit, what other brands you typically shop and what you love and you don't love. And our fit experts will walk you through the best style and fit uh, that Andy has. And I, and I have to say those fit consultations have, you know, often morph into just much bigger life conversations. Uh, I think yes, just yesterday, one of my fit experts uh, posted in Slack that she'd gotten off the phone after 50 minutes with a customer. Um, a 50 minute phone call is wow. unheard of. Wow. Um, so we're, we're really engaging with our community just so much more than we used to. And, and, and yeah, that's something that I absolutely believe we'll take with us, you know, when this is all behind us. That's, that's incredible. I mean, a 50 minute conversation with the customer, just getting yeah. into the details of their life. Like that's, that's unprecedented. I feel like, you know, this is such a, a great opportunity, like, and, and to, to encourage customers to learn from them, you know, to mm-hmm. like, you're, you're also like by having, like having these kinds of conversations, you're able to understand your customers so much better. I feel like this is something we don't want to lose coming out of this. Yeah, like we agree. can't lose that. Um, and, and for all the brands that are listening right now, like this, I think this is sort of the epitome of what we should be doing right now is building deeper relationships, one-to-one relationships. And I think, you know, and, and I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on this, but to me, you know, one of the things that I think we're going to see come out of this is that we're going to focus even more on customer experience and service post-purchase mm-hmm. because I think that there the opportunity to have an engaged customer uh, is is larger than ever now. It's something that we should have all been doing anyway, mm-hmm. and now we're we have the time and like the focus to be able to spend and, and actually get it right and, and do it better. Um, and so I, I, I'd be curious what you think about that, Melanie. What, you know, do you think that uh, customer service teams are actually going to be looked at as like almost clienteling sort of team where it's not just about making sure that product is, you know, arrived the way that it's supposed to arrive or that, you know, that the fit is right. It's like an ongoing relationship that results in multiple sales for, for the life of the customer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that's exactly right. I think what's been really interesting is our fit experts are experts on swim fit, but, and that's what they were hired to do, but they've really become therapists in a way. Um, and I think that's going to be something that, 
you know, it, when we were hiring them, we it's not like we were ignoring their sort of personal connection, their the, the sort of like je ne sais quoi. I don't I really don't know what that word is. I don't even know if there is a word, but the way that they relate to other people. Mm. And now I think that's just gonna be more important than ever. Um, you know, product aside, uh in in just being empathetic and being able to relate to people. I do think that we had we 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 probably had a bit of a leg up in that in that swim is such a vulnerable item and so it's something it's mm. not like we're selling like a baggy t-shirt that would fit anyone um and and because like I said before it's you know swim is fraught with these sort of psychological issues <clears throat> around body image and and stuff like that so we already had a remarkably sort of sensitive and trained team of fit experts and now that's just going to become you know uh, all the more important um and I think to your point, yeah, no matter what product you're selling. Retail therapy just took on a whole new meaning. (laughs) Touche. Yeah, exactly. I love that. I, it's, (laughs) there's so much just like flooding my mind right now about what this means for how retail is evolving. I mean, in, in so many ways, I see this as like, well, retail, Retail has, you know, we've been in sort of a four over four time signature, a classic rhythm for so long, mm. you know, and, and, and there were sort of like, <laughs> there were signs that this, this rhythm that we'd been in was, was unraveling for years, for the past few years, you know, three, four years, ever since the whole like quote unquote retail apocalypse thing started, mm-hmm. uh, there's, there's signs, it's, but, but they were all sort of um th- those signs were all uh, propped up by the fact that the economy w- had been exploding for so long yep. um and so retail was up overall but there was like clearly a lot of stuff going on no one really knew and but we all kind of sat in our f- you know four over four like standard time signature mm-hmm. rhythm for retail because we we saw the sales but now uh, all of that sort of dissonance that had been happening in the background that we couldn't hear has come to a head and our rhythm has been disrupted. And now we're going to have to jump into like a, a, a completely different time signature. And I think that time signature and uh, that I, that I hear you saying right now is that, that we are going to have to put our teams uh, that we have like the like you you i think you nailed it when you said the way that you hire you were looking for something special in those people that you hired as like your customer service representatives and now you're putting them as the face of the company so it's people aren't just buying into a story now they're not just buying into a product but they're buying into a team and a community and I yeah. think that this moment is that that new rhythm, whatever it's three over four, five over four. Well, that might be a little bit too uh, aggressive, five over four. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, whatever the this rhythm is ahead, but uh, it's 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 going to be one that involves deeper connection to the people at the companies that we buy into. I love that as a takeaway. Um, I yeah. Uh, and so Melanie, uh, we're, we're coming up pretty close on time here. Um, I, I wanted to ask you, you know, we're, we're, we're headed into maybe coming out of this a little bit. What are some very tangible recommendations that you have for 
but well, what you're going to do, um, to, to continue on in this and like when, you know, whether we come out of it or not, like aside, like, what are you doing next? Um, and what recommendations do you have for the, our listeners about what they can do to be prepared for what's next? Great question. Um, I think, you know, the first thing I'd say is going back to this just community centric idea that's been sort of the underlying, I think, theme of everything we've talked about, um, <clears throat> especially if folks aren't going into stores as much. I think, you know, some of the best retail stores were those that were experiences where someone, you know, like you were saying, someone could, you know, sort of handhold a customer through the buying experience. Um, involved with other things than just the purchase of the product and stores were great ways of bringing community together. I mean, that was all, that was our whole intention with opening a space in Chicago. It wasn't just a store. It was going to be a sort of community gathering point. And if those are lessening, then, then I think the, the thing moving into the future is how do you truly do that digitally? Um, and that's what we are spending basically all our time thinking about. That's been the inspiration behind the texts that we've sent, the fit consultations, mm-hmm. Um, the, we're, we're doing, you know, we do Instagram lives with our community, uh, several times a week, um, just being more present. And, um, I think that that's really something that brand owners should be what, you know, whatever stage of the company really should be thinking about as we go into the future, um, creating that sense of community in an online way. Um, and then, uh, yeah. And I think, um, I think also, you know, that goes straight through to the marketing piece. You know, I think marketing as it was once done before doesn't make sense, certainly right now and for the foreseeable future. And that's everything from the messaging to the channels that you're on to the types of images that you use. Um, I think every now is the time that basically everything needs to be rethought from the ground up. Um, Yeah. That is such good advice we're coming into sort of a, a new abnormal. And, yeah. uh, and so rethinking the boundaries you had before is essential. Um, this is a, this is, I think the theme of this period. And, uh, I love that advice, Melanie, thank you so much for, for your insights and your transparency and just everything that you've brought to this, this conversation. Um, looking forward to hearing more from you in the future. I think we've got some, some really exciting stuff ahead that we would love to, to have you weigh in on. And, um, I, I can't wait to hear more about what, what happens going into the summer and, um, staying connected with you. Uh, where can people find you and, and, and find Andy and, uh, and get connected? Yeah. So, uh, Andy is at andyswim.com, andyeswim.com. Um, and that's this also our Instagram handle, my personal Instagram, which is heavy on dog and Andy content is at Melanie <laughs> Travis. Um, and so, and I love engaging with, um, with, with, you know, budding entrepreneurs, customers, you know, anyone on, on my own, um, Instagram as well. Um, so yeah. Awesome. Well, everyone get out there, go follow Andy swim, follow Melanie Travis. Thank you again. And thank you uh, for listening to this show. Uh, We love your feedback. We'd love to have you weigh in on this conversation today. Uh, And uh, so please feel free to reach out futurecommerce.fm or on LinkedIn or Twitter or wherever you can find us um, and uh, weigh in and, and join us in this conversation because we want to shape the future with you. Let's make it one we can be proud of. And I think that Melanie is doing that. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you.